Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. We just finished season 10 and we're gearing up for season 11, which will feature heart warrior siblings. In the interim, we're going to put a spotlight on cardiac athletes. Lars Andrews actually wrote a book called Cardiac Athletes and he has been a guest on Heart to Heart with Anna. Cardiac athletes feature stories about athletes who have undergone cardiac procedures. Some of the athletes were born with congenital heart defects and some had acquired heart disease. Today, and for the next several weeks, we'll be meeting some cardiac athletes. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Tim Howard. Thank you, Anna. Tim, can you please tell us about your cardiac condition? Sure. Back in 2014, I had a heart attack during a local triathlon here in Boulder, Colorado. At the time, I didn't realize it was a heart attack. I thought it was a combination of a panic attack during an open water swim and deep fatigue. I actually went on to complete the bike and a portion of the run. I went to the medical tent. They did a portable EKG reading and didn't find any real problem, but said that if I didn't feel better by tomorrow, I should go see the doctor. When I went back home, I experienced just extreme fatigue, talked to my wife, Heidi, and we decided to go to the ER just to be to be sure nothing was wrong. Next thing you know, I was being rushed to the catheterization lab after my blood enzymes came back off the charts. Oh, my goodness. They found I had a 99% blockage of my LAD artery. That's the Widowmaker. If I had ended up going to sleep that night, I probably wouldn't have woken up the next day. Oh, wow. I received... Sorry, yeah, that just I, shocks so I, me. Wow. You were you were <laughs> doing a triathlon and the EKG didn't pick up that there was any problem? No, that was a portable EKG in a tent with a paramedic reading it. And when I went into the ER, the folks were joking with me because I seemed perfectly fine. I was in relatively good spirits. I had no pain. So it was almost asymptomatic heart attack. It was only when the troponin levels came back in the hundreds that they realized that I was having a massive heart attack. Wow. So I received a stent the largest portion that they had, and was taken up to the ICU. At the time, I didn't know it. My wife was told by the cardiologist that there was no chance that I would ever race again, and that the only reason I was alive 
was because of all the corollary vessels that I developed from training over the previous years. Wow. So do you mind if I ask how old you were, Tim? Yes. At the time, I was 50. Was I 52? Yes, 52. Wow. So way too young, way too young to have something as serious happen. Does heart disease run in your family? It did. Both my parents have passed away. But the interesting thing, when they inserted the stent, they checked all the other arteries and everything else was clear. So there was a rupture in one of the arteries, a plaque rupture, that um, resulted in the blockage. Okay. Okay. Here, you must have been like a super athlete if you were doing a triathlon and your wife is told he's never going to race again. I have a feeling Tim had a different reaction. So tell me what happened after that. You know, sitting in there in the ICU that evening, because after having the, the stent um, inserted, you're not able to move if you have a femoral insertion point. Right. Just sitting there wondering, what's life going to be like after this? Yeah. Because it's something you read about. It's not supposed to happen to the people who live a healthy lifestyle. Right. And so forth. But the reality is, it can happen to all of us. Sure. There was a lot of soul searching. That was one of dozens of sleepless nights over the next 12 to 24 months Wow! that I would have. Mm -hmm. And so the thing about being a cardiac athlete and the thing about this whole global group of folks we have, it's this decision. And the decision is not to accept the heart attack or the heart disease victim label. Because within that label comes a whole set of limitations and diminished expectations that I think can be extremely detrimental. Sure. I agree. So what I did, and it wasn't that night, it was after the coming days, I had been training, I was about six weeks away from racing in the Ironman Arizona race, which is a full 140.6 mile race. And obviously, I couldn't do that, but I set my sights on doing an Ironman race in the next year or two. Wow. By giving myself that goal, mm -hmm. it had me shoot on something, and so I wasn't dwelling on other issues. Now, the reality is, is that post-heart attack, you're faced with a complete barrage of, quote, conventional wisdom <laughs> about what you should and shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. By way of example, we start cardiac rehab, at least in the Boulder area, very soon mm -hmm. um, thereafter. Mm -hmm. Well, what I did was I took full advantage of it. I had fantastic cardiac rehab folks working with me. I knew we had a cardiologist on call because we were doing it in the, on the lower floor at the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I pushed those sessions as far as I could. In some cases, instead of staying for the 45 minutes, I would stay for an hour and a half, run wow. nine miles. Wow. But um, see, but you're not a typical heart attack victim. You are already in excellent shape, it sounds like to me. Well, that's true. But by doing this, what I was able to do was take my ejection fraction, which is kind of the benchmark for how much you've recovered mm -hmm. from the 40% level, which is where it was right after the heart attack, all the way back up to 68%. Wow. Which meant that I had fully recovered 
with no lost heart tissue. Wow. That's amazing, Tim. Well, thank you. Wow. I'm inspired. How long did it take you to go from post-op to that condition? Well, there's a six to eight week period that's called the golden window of Mm -hmm. healing. Mm -hmm. Anything that you have not recovered after that time is going to be dead heart tissue and you're not going to get it back. So it's about taking full advantage of that window and getting past the fear. And that's Mm. why the safety net of cardiac rehab gives you something that you otherwise wouldn't have. Right, right. You know, there's another component to this, Mm -hmm. right? That's around the uncertainty and the, you know, I mentioned sleepless nights. Right. One of the common themes and one of the issues I had, PTSD after my heart attack, because the actual event occurred while I was swimming in open water, Oh, yeah. I would oftentimes, as I was ready to fall asleep, I would start awake, kind of picturing that scene in that scenario again. Right. Uh, One of the things that the Global Cardiac Athlete Forum that we have has done, it's given me the opportunity to share those experiences, those fears, those concerns, and at the same time, get feedback from others who've experienced very similar things. Yeah. And as a result, you realize you're not alone. You realize that other people have made it through this tunnel and that the fact that you still have those things, even a year, two years, three years later, five years later, doesn't make you weaker or less able to do things. It's just the way it is. Right. And that, that understanding is empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing there's a community who is experiencing the same thing that you are, I think it does make a world of difference. So I'm amazed that you were in open water and you had a heart attack and you were able to get out without drowning because that, to me, would be the scary thing. Have you ventured back into the water since your heart attack? So I decided that I was going to pursue doing an Ironman. So I began training. Literally, the cardiac rehab was my first step of the training. I had a little hiccup about four or five months later because I fell and tore my rotator cuff. So I had a three or four month period where I had to do physical therapy for that, had to navigate the issues that the blood thinners that you're on when you have a stent don't necessarily mesh with doing surgery. Yeah. So you have to have a cardiologist and a orthopedic surgeon who can work as a team. Right. Um, And again, I can't emphasize enough how having a great cardiologist is so important. Mm -hmm. I mean, this literally is your life, but they work through it. I work through it. And I prepared to do the Boulder Ironman 10 months after my heart attack. I went in to do my first open water training swim after that. Had a severe panic attack. Sure. Thought I was going to have a heart attack. Ended up cutting it short. Went back and I continued to work with a therapist, a psychologist for the PTSD. I worked with another local triathlete who is fantastic at visualization. Ah. I decided to do the Boulder Ironman back on August 4th, 2015, 
And two of my teammates chose to swim with me. And I got into this very serene place, thinking about all of the people who helped me and were part of my recovery, from my wife and daughters to my teammates to my fellow cardiac athletes to my doctors to everyone along the way. And basically, it was a two-hour swim of gratitude. As a result, I ended up having a fantastic race. It wasn't the fastest. It took me a little over 15 hours, but it was it was life-affirming, and I hope that it inspired some others. Oh my gosh, it's inspiring me. I'm getting tears in my eyes, Tim. Wow, that's just an amazing story. And on Heart to Heart with Michael in October, we're featuring a laugh therapist, believe it or not, but she's not just a laugh therapist, but she talked about the importance of when you're facing adversity, being able to visualize differently, you know, in a behavioral cognitive therapy that she uses with patients who have been through trauma. And it sounds to me like that's what your team was able to help you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it goes well beyond any race or any athletic event. It's about a positive visualization of your life. Yeah. Um, I think any of us who face, whether it's an acute event like a heart attack or whether it's heart disease or cancer or something else, anything that forces us to face our mortality, mm-hmm. I think gives us an opportunity. Yeah. It gives us an opportunity to reprioritize and look at what is important and what will we miss if we have many fewer days than we had thought we did. Yeah. And so for me, for me, it was around my family and making sure that I spent less time at work, less time preoccupied or obsessed with training, and more with looking at athletics as a way to keep a healthy lifestyle, but really just focusing on what's important. That's about my family, but also all the deep friendships that I've developed over these last couple of years, finding out who really cares and who you can make a connection with. Absolutely. So if you had to say in just one sentence what being a cardiac athlete means to you, what would that be, Tim? I think being a cardiac athlete is shrugging off any concept of victim and embracing the idea that you can be inspired by others and inspire others by continuing to participate and compete and enjoy life. I love it. I love it. Oh, Tim, what a great way to start off the spotlight on cardiac athletes. I hope you're contributing to Lars's new book. I believe my chapter will be in it. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. So, friends, if you are interested in learning more about cardiac athletes and cardiac athletes, too, I'm not sure exactly what Lars is calling it, but it will be a second book about cardiac athletes, then please check in the link that I will have listed on the website. And if you're interested in contributing, I think Lars is still taking contributions to book number two. So you can always reach out to him on Facebook. Or reach out to me and I'll help put you in touch with him. So thanks again for coming on the show today, Tim. It's my pleasure, Anna. Well, thanks for listening today. Please come back next week when we'll feature another cardiac athlete. And until then, remember, my friends, you are not alone. <laughs>